bachelor nation and all that comes with it, dating, relationships, and life in general, this is Red Roses with Brie. That's me. Hello! Welcome back. So this week we had two one-on-ones and a group date, which I thought was kind of cool. I like that they mixed it up. Um, I prefer to see the one-on-ones anyway. Like the group dates are fun, but I prefer to see the one-on-ones because uh, I just like to watch people's connections grow and form opinions on whether or not they're going to make it and whatnot. So the first one-on-one goes to Martin. I was a little surprised, but not at the same time, because in the last episode, he had pulled her aside to talk to her and make sure that she was doing okay after the whole Jamie thing. So that was nice, you know, and so I get why she wanted to take him on the first one-on-one this week and uh, see how things were with him, because apparently him and Jamie were close, and I didn't know that, um... But yeah, I would be a little apprehensive about that too. So the date card comes, somebody reads it, says it's Martin, and you know, he's all excited. And then it goes into an interview with Olu saying that he doesn't like Martin and that he thinks that he's like Jamie and that he's two-faced. So that's concerning. Finding out a lot of things about Martin this week. So anyway, yeah, they go on their one-on-one, and they are at a racetrack, and they race, and she kicks his butt, and it was cute and fun, and that's, like, that's a date I want to go on. That would be super fun to just drift all day. Um, And he took it well. You know, he took losing well. And then they cooled off in this, like, super random metal tub right there at the racetrack, and I thought that was weird, but whatever. Um, And then, of course, you know, he asks her how she's doing, and she kind of goes into feeling better this week after getting rid of the toxicity from last week. And Martin almost stands up for Jamie, which I thought was weird. Like, he said he doesn't think he's a bad dude and that he's still one hell of a man. And you could visibly see how upset Michelle was about that. And, like, rightfully so. Like, that's not—you don't say that. After something like that happens, you don't—he should have just been like, yeah— this week seems better. You seem much more comfortable or at ease or whatever with everything. But no, he had to stand up for his buddy or whatever, and it's just a little cringy. But at the night portion, she brings it up and is vulnerable about how it kind of made her feel, and they had a nice conversation about it, but also I feel like he didn't really answer the question. Like, he opens up about the fact that he's bad at communication, bad at expressing his emotions, and she relates to that, and so they get going on that, which is great. I'm glad that they can relate with something, but also I feel like he didn't really answer the question and whether or not he was questioning her decision or standing up for Jamie. But if she's satisfied with his answer, then, you know, it's her decision obviously. I just would have pressed that question a little harder. But maybe she did and we just didn't get to see it. So yeah, of course he gets the date, Rose, because they opened up and they had a cute little moment. So moving on to the group date, which consisted of Will, Chris S., Chris G., Casey, Joe, Romeo, Clayton, Nate, and Rodney. And after reading the card, Nate says something about Uh, not being worried about getting his one-on-one. He knows it's coming, and that's where the drama begins. And Chris takes issue with the fact that he said that and is like, he thinks he's got it in the bag. Nate didn't say that, but the way he did say he's not worried about getting his one-on-one would make it seem that way. And he does seem like he's getting kind of cocky and weird. Like, he seems a little off now. He seemed really genuine in the beginning, and now I'm not really sure what's happening there. So anyway, Chris is taking issue with what Nate had to say, and 
He's already getting on his white horse, you know, ready to save the day. So after the little interview with Chris airing his thoughts and feelings about that, we see the guys get uh, these packages delivered and it's all different kinds of PJs and they all have to wear different kinds of PJs and Chris S. only gets a pair of whitey tidies. So classically, he puts it with that button-up white shirt and some pull-up white socks and does the whole scene from that classic Tom Cruise movie. It was funny and it was cute, but a little kind of, it was kind of awkward and weird as well. So they all go on this date and they go into this room and it's full of all these big, huge plush teddy bears and things and a cotton candy maker and popcorn maker and all this. And it's like this sleepover theme. And I thought that was really cute and everything. That was a good idea. Um, But the guys were so enamored with all of the toys and things that like they could play with and do that they completely forgot Michelle was even there. Like no one was paying attention to her. She had to call guys over to talk to her because they were just playing like the man children they were. So of course she's feeling unseen and hurt and all that. Um, But then they go into the teddy bear takedown and these wrestler chicks are like, whoever wins is going to get to spend uh, time with her tonight at the night portion of the date. And the guys all duke it out. I was surprised that they paired up Brandon and Olu because they are drastically different in body size. Like somebody had made a comment that Brandon's built like a 17 year old and Olu is like this big gorilla man. You know, it's like, why would they pair those two together that he had no chance? He tried and he was all dodgy, but it just there was it. No, wasn't happening. So after that round was over, when they announced the winner, the one girl raised Olu's hand to announce him as the winner, and he just about ripped her arm off with how, like, excited he got in the way that he, like, pulled away in excitement or whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh. But I think she was fine. She didn't look hurt. So they move on to the night portion. And she opens up to them about how she felt unseen and hurt by what happened earlier in that day with them, like, basically ignoring her through the whole date. I was surprised to see Olu get really emotional about what she had to say. Like, we really haven't seen much of him or heard much from him. And then all of a sudden to see this, like, show of emotion that you don't really usually ever see from men was kind of nice. And I, it made me appreciate and respect him a lot more. So after she has her little chat with everybody at the night portion, she takes Nate immediately to go chat, she said, because of the level of feelings that she already has for him. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I knew she liked him, but like she really likes him, likes him. And now I'm a little bit worried because of the way she expressed herself and the way he took it. It was almost like he felt like he was being called out instead of like her just sharing her thoughts and feelings. He seemed really standoffish and put off by that. I'm just not really sure what's going on there with him. And I'm not really sure um, if it's the recent stressors in the house and the drama or if it's her and like that's who he really is and he doesn't like being called out or and even though it's not even her calling him out it's like her just expressing her feelings he views it as being called out I I think that's what it looked like to me his body language and his facial expression just really didn't seem to match with what he was saying and his actions are not matching his words either so I'm just on the fence about Nate so yeah After Nate's conversation, she has 
conversations with the rest of the guys and they all express how sorry they are and apologize for uh, ignoring her and not giving her uh, very much time during the date. It was it was nice and it was good, but I feel like Olu's was the most heartfelt. Like he really, really meant it. Like he's got sisters and he knows and he's in touch with his emotions and he's okay with it and he's been working on it and he just seems like a much healthier person in that setting he did. The whole punch me as hard as you can during the group date was very immature, but you know, guys will be guys. But yeah, I just felt like he was the most heartfelt about his apology. And of course he got the date rose because he he was the one that really opened up and she really felt that genuineness from him. So then we move on to the one-on-one with Rick, which I was really excited about. I really like Rick. He's kind of weird and goofy and a little bit awkward, but for some reason, I just like the awkward guys. You can ask my friends and family. I don't know why it is, but it is. So they go on a cute, simple date. They go for a hike out in nature where they can really breathe and take their time and, you know, explore different things. They happen upon this wish box, which was really cute. I didn't know those even existed. I should probably go hiking more. I always say I'm going to, but I never end up going. One of these days, though, it's going to happen. I'm going to become a hiker and I'm going to be obsessed with it. I already know. So the wish box was really great and they found a lot of, like, I hope to fall in love wishes and whatnot, but then they happened upon this one that said, I hope my dad sees the man I've become or something, or I wish my dad could see the man I've become, and that really hit home for Rick, Um, and he started to tear up, and I may have started to tear up a little, because I mean, that was was hard. I can't imagine losing my dad. Like, I'm going to be a wreck. Oh, I forgot. Also, they said, so like, back it up to when... He was talking in his interview about going on the date. He was said he was really, really excited and that he felt like it could be his first date with his future wife. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet. And then she said how excited she was. And I believe her. But at the same time, I'm a little like, is it because of everything that happened the other day and he makes you feel seen? Because, I mean, she admitted to him making her feel seen. And like, is that why she's excited Or is it because she's just genuinely excited? I feel like it was a little circumstantial. So anyway, back to the date, you know, they're wandering around in the woods, holding hands, kissing, it's cute. And then they move on to the night portion of the date where he opens up more about uh, some of the comments he had made about his family and his parents. And so turns out um, he caught his dad cheating and he, you know, he did the right thing and he told his mom, but he always felt really guilty about it because they ended up splitting up after that. And then um, years later, the last couple years of his dad's life, um, I guess were really depressing and he struggled a lot and called him a lot and he couldn't always be there for him and he just has this guilt around his dad, it seems. But it it also seems like he is healing from it and he is starting to get over it and it's more of like a scar rather than a wound at this point. But still, the fact that he opened up about it and told her all of that was really great. I had hoped for them to be able to have some kind of conversation where they could, uh, where she could relate to him and he could relate to her and they could have that kind of bond. I do like the bond that they're forming, but I just, I want to see them relate on some things and bond in that way because I think they're very different people. So at the end of the date, he admits that he's already falling in love with her. 
and that he can't wait for the day where he can say that he loves her. And she wasn't expecting that. She was a little caught off guard by that, but she seemed very happy about it. So I do think that she does like Rick. I'm just not really sure, like, how much she really likes him, like, for who he is and whether or not they're going to have that bond where they can relate about things or if it's just a, you're a really great guy, I like you kind of thing. Of course, he gets the date, Rose. I'm a little worried he's not going to be able to handle it one way or the other. Like, I feel like he's going to get really stressed out about her dating other guys and possibly self-eliminate um, or get himself kicked off because, you know, he does something rash. Um, or he's going to become a white knight later on and try and save her from somebody and then end up having to leave because he takes it too far. I don't know. I'm just worried for Rick. I really like him. I'm not sure I really see them together, but I do really like him. I could see them together, but I'm not sure he's the best match for her. You know, I'm still like sussing out some of the other guys. So now we're at the cocktail party time, rose ceremony cocktail party. Nate gives a little speech to the guys before Michelle gets there. And Chris Hess, of course, is not impressed because he's already got an issue with Nate about something he had said earlier in the episode. So then when Michelle comes down um, to address everybody, Chris cuts her off and gives his own little speech, which was really cringy and awkward. Um, All the guys obviously were like upset with him about that and they basically hate him now. And even though he like gave the speech and like tried to stand up for her and whatever, like he was one of the guys on that group date that was ignoring her. He may say that he was like giving her the time of day and going and talking with her, but he wasn't like with her every moment that she was alone, you know? Like, I don't know, I don't know what was wrong with those guys. I would have been hanging out with her until someone tried to come and steal her from me. Like, that's how this is supposed to work. Stop like walking on eggshells and worried about your bro over there who might want to spend time with her too, you know? Like, just go for it. Do what you gotta do. Anyway, so Chris gives his stupid speech, and then she gives her own speech, and then Brandon tries to take her, and of course, Chris S. speaks up right away and is like, I was hoping to take her first, and she was like, yeah, actually, I do want to go talk to Chris first. So she goes and talks to Chris first, where he explains his speech a little, and then Um, tells her what Nate said. Instead of taking the issue to Nate, whom he has the issue with, and working it out, he tells on him to her, stressing her out even more. So, of course, he's doing his white knight thing. There's always got to be one. And I'm not even entirely sure that he's really, truly being a white knight all on his own, or if he's kind of being a a puppet for the producers at this point because he kind of came out of nowhere. We hadn't really heard from him or seen him much and then all of a sudden he pops up and he's just this white knight like he's got some issue and just feels super protective over her like he's got some super great bond with her and knows her better than she knows herself. I don't know I'm just saying I just think it's weird. So um, as her and Chris are in there talking, Nate's out there talking to the guys and he's like, yeah, you know, don't let the weirdness of Chris and all of that go into your conversations tonight. And so Michelle comes out and she pulls Nate and the first thing he asks is, what'd you think about that Chris thing? Like he literally just told everybody else not to do that and here he is doing it. I was annoyed. 
So anyway, he asks her about that. And then I can see on his face and with his body language how he feels called out again. And he seems really pissed. And I'm not sure if it's pissed at Chris S or if it's pissed that he's being called out again. It seemed more like something to do with being called out by her because she wasn't wrong. You know, Chris wasn't wrong in what he said. He should have handled it with Nate, though. And Nate should have not been so cocky. So then, of course, Nate and Chris have a little chat. And Chris is twisting what he's said to Michelle, of course, and trying to make it seem like he doesn't really care about anybody who thinks they have it in the bag. And he doesn't really care about Nate. But then it's like, why would you bring it up if you didn't care? Like, what? And he's twisting everything he's saying, and it's obvious that if he had said it to her that way, she wouldn't have taken it so seriously, or she wouldn't have been so upset about it if he had said it that way. I think Chris might be losing his mind being cooped up in that resort for so long. Um, He might need to get out and get some fresh air or something and remove himself from the situation a little bit so that he can get some perspective. Because, I mean, in his interview, he even said, I came in on my white horse and saved her from the castle she was trapped in. She's not trapped in any castle. You are not to come in and save her from anything. She doesn't need saving. All of his interviews also now make him seem like a real jerk. Like I said, we hadn't heard much of him from him, seen him, and now all of a sudden he's just this big bad jerk who's up on his white horse trying to be a knight and save the day that doesn't need to be saved. And Nate just needs to cool down and he needs to take a step back and get some perspective himself. Like being confident is good, but being cocky, it's not attractive. I mean, maybe it is to some girls, but I don't think it's going to be that attractive to Michelle. She seems to like the confident guys, not the really cocky guys. Because cocky guys usually are just jerks. Who really wants to stay with a jerk? I mean, that's that's obviously not going to be a long-term thing. So anyway, after the Chris and Nate fiasco, Joe pulls her aside and he had brought her some snacks and a cute little blanket to make her feel heard and seen. Like he remembered that she really likes snacks when she's stressed out. And so he wanted to make her feel comfortable and he wanted to make her feel seen and heard and liked. And I think he did a really good job. And she said that he was like a quiet soul. And I really like that. I really like that about him. And I hope that that really is him. Like, she's seen him around in in Michigan and everything. And done a few competitions around him. Uh, They talked just a little, like two messages. Um, So she barely, barely knows him. But hopefully he really is portraying himself for who he really is. Uh, Actions speak louder than words. I definitely want to hit on that. I don't know what it's going to take for guys to really understand that actions speak louder than words. Like, yeah, we need words, but we also want those words to match up with what you're doing. And sometimes doing more things is better than saying more things. Like, you can say things till you're blue in the face, but does it mean anything without actions? No. Anyway. Moving on to the rose ceremony, Martin, Olu, and Rick already have roses, so they're safe. Uh, The first rose goes to Brandon, and the last rose goes to Chris S., which I was actually surprised about. Had Nate talked to Michelle about Chris and their conversation 
before that, she may not have picked Chris, but she did. I imagine he's going home next week because he's not really in many more of the previews. No one in the house likes him, and I'm sure somebody, if not multiple guys, are going to come to her and say, hey, he's no good. So anyway, will Romeo and Chris G go home? I was a little surprised to see Romeo go home. I thought he was going to last a little bit longer, but that's how them cookies crumble. And then at the very, very end, she announces that they're going to Minnesota. So they're going to get out of the heat, away from the resort. I don't know where they're going to stay in Minnesota. Maybe it's another resort. But uh, yeah, they get to do some hometown stuff with her. And I think that's really cute. And they're going to have a really good time. And I'm excited to see next week. I'm excited to see what goes down with Chris. I'm excited to see what goes down with her and... Uh, Her one-on-ones, they made it kind of seem like Clayton might finally be getting a one-on-one, and I hope he does. I do still like Clayton. I'm not sure, like, if he's really ready for anything or not. We've heard a little bit from him here and there and seen a lot of him. He's the dark horse. Maybe he's going to come back and she's going to have this incredible bond with him and he's going to go far, or maybe he's going home next week. Who knows? I'm excited to see. I hope that you all enjoyed this episode. And I will see you next time. Bye!